When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg. Minute Maid slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. So, Justin walks free for the time being. And it seems that Cardi B has been drugging and robbing dudes in the past, which is not surprising. Also, apparently, Jordan Peele hates white people. I guess we'll talk about all of those and we'll have our interviews from the launch of Bienvenido and if you want to know more about that I guess you have to stick around to find out all this on this episode of Trend Chat America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And from the illustrious studios here in St. Louis, Missouri. This is Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. It's all the same name, at Trend Chat 24-7. And also, we would really appreciate it if you like, share, subscribe, whether on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or any popular podcast outlets. We are really appreciate if you leave a five star review because this is five star, right? Really? Isn't it? So, yeah. So, um, before we, I guess, before we get into everything, I just want to mention we really appreciate the support from Culture of Life, Fashion Made for Life, col1972.com. Really appreciate their support. And if you go on there, like what you see, if you put in the code Trend Chat, you'll get 10% off. So I have my dad hat and they have other, you know, accessories as well. Shirts and overnight bags and you name it. Check them out. col1972.com. Again, put in the code Trend Chat, get 10% off. So, well, I know, as I mentioned in the beginning, I know you're probably tired of hearing about Justice Smollett, so I'm not going to really go too long about this. But they dropped the charges from the fake hate crime that he orchestrated. And 
all you know all 16 counts if i'm not mistaken they were all dropped and it's funny because i know a couple of episodes ago where i talked about what it's like to be a black conservative and i mentioned in that episode i don't really talk about race a lot and it's funny because i don't but this episode yeah it's going to be very race heavy because um because of all the thing that's been going on uh the past couple of days and one of these is this whole justice Smollett thing because it kind of reminds me of what happened with oj not to the extent where we're talking about murder and all that not that but just where the community is um, have galvanized b- behind him and just going to support him regardless of whether he did it or not or and so th- in that sense w- that's what it reminds me of, of OJ and it's funny because the state attorney they didn't you know they didn't say he was innocent they just decided to drop the charges because their reasoning behind it was because there are a high percentage of black people in prison and this is a nonviolent infraction. So let's just drop the charges because it's not worth their time. It's just, it's, it's minor to them, which one, when I hear about the whole, you know, there's a high percentage of black people in prison. The first question that comes to my mind is well, first, did they do the crime? Whoever they are, I don't care if they're black, white or whatever. Did they do the crime? okay well they deserve to be in jail if if that's what comes with that um with doing that particular crime means you go to jail for whatever then yeah you, like i said i don't care what color you are you, that you need to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law so that's the first thing when i think about that now whether talking about this being a non-violent infraction now you do realize if he would have gotten away with this whole farce that he put together about this um this fake hate crime that he put together that he would have went along and put innocent people in jail just to make a point because he hates trump i mean you realize that's was the outcome of him continuing this lie but that being said, in the end of it all, he still he gonna get what he wants. He you know he he wanted a higher pay. He wanted a, a pay raise. He's gonna get that now, and his status as a celebrity has skyrocketed. I mean, he's already been nominated for two NAACP awards, and you know how that's gonna go. He's gonna have like a twenty minute standing ovation. They're gonna be screaming we stand with jesse people gonna be having speeches talking about we we believed you all this time we knew you would never lie because you're a perfect angel and what and whatnot and you've been persecuted by the man and now you're free at last free at last you know thank god almighty justice free at last something like something like that's gonna be going on in NAACP award and whatever that that's going on whenever it happens i mean they might have a choir out there singing about <laughs> about it but um, again, as I mentioned in, in the beginning, he still has this whole mail fraud um, deal to wait on as far as with the FBI. So who knows how long he's going to be walking free? May still run into something into something else. Um, as a this whole 
scandal behind wanting to basically frame um, supporters of the president because he hates the, hates the president, basically. So, in talking about actors like himself being in Empire, um, I guess in that same world, I guess want to talk a little bit about Jordan Peele because he had some statements that we very obviously if they were said by someone else it, they would have been taken a whole lot differently but before we get into that let's uh, hear a word from my friends with the Founder Project Hello Trend Chat fans The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens TFP's new website visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today. Hey guys, this is John Miller with Blaze TV. You are listening to Trend Chat with Brian Bledsoe. So, did you know that Jordan Peele hates white people? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I say it like that because you know that would have been the headline if Jordan Peele was a white man. <laughs> because if Jordan Peele was a white guy, a white director, that would have made the statements that he made, the, well, I guess a couple of days ago or recently, whatever, that that would be the headline. But, Here's the thing. That would be the wrong response to that. But, but unfortunately, that would have been the headline if the roles were reversed. So, Jordan Peele, which has the number one movie this week, Us. And statement came out saying that he's he doesn't look to have any white people as the lead in his uh, in his movies in the future or, or whatnot, and one thing I mentioned is that either either this is innocently discriminatory or blatantly racist. Now, when I mentioned the, I guess discriminatory. As soon as I said it, and then I put the word innocent in there, uh, I, I seem like a lot of people don't really see uh, I guess discrimination to be innocent which I don't know why because we discriminate all the time whether it's it you know who we date uh, or how uh, who watch our kids or basically there's there's a number of different ways where we all always uh, discriminate now the problem is is when we use that to see people as inferior or lesser than or you know subhuman or whatnot if that's our if that's our motivation for our discrimination i guess then that's the problem but in those other ways where i mentioned like i said we we discriminate all the time now the thing 
I feel like this this whole notion where people like Jordan Peele kind of want to, I guess, equalize history in a way. So let's say, for instance, so with black people being excluded from prominent roles in Hollywood in the past, people like Jordan Peele now wants to use their power to basically do the same thing that was done to black people in the day back in the day they won't do that to white people now so they want to say well since you have excluded um, my people for all this time all these years I'm going to exclude white people from being in my film okay well I, well, I have a little bit more about that say about that um, when I talk about the whole Carter B thing but um now, if someone wants to make movies towards um, towards a different demographic um, or towards a certain demographic, now this happens all the time, whether we know it or not. Because let's say, for instance, like uh, Lifetime movies, they are they, they are targeted towards women or Disney Channel or Nickelodeon. They are targeted towards kids. So, um, BT is targeted towards black people. So. <laughs> So if you're going to make a movie and that's your that's your target that you're looking for, your target demo, put it that way, then if you hear from the people who you have excluded from your, you know, your target and they said that they're not interested or maybe even have criticism of your work, then you shouldn't be surprised because you have said that this is not for them kind of goes back to what Brie Larson said about not caring about white male critics opinion about a, a wrinkle in time because it wasn't made for them. Okay, fine. Now, if the movie flops, if the movie doesn't do well, don't turn around and try to scream racism and sexism or whatever like that. You said that you didn't care for their opinion. You didn't care about making a movie to appeal for them. So they didn't go see it. Not so much being sexist or racist, you made something that people didn't care to see. A certain group of people didn't care to see. And you made it obvious and you said that it wasn't for them. So why do you feel like you want to make them feel guilty for not coming to a movie that I didn't make for you? <laughs> I, I know why. They, they want to make them feel guilty because they want their money at the same time telling them I don't this is not for you but I, I, but I want you to come see it <laughs> now it's funny because again I don't have any problem with if they want to make movies like that my thing is that don't feel bad about all of a sudden that it's um that you're not getting the money now this doesn't even really work it's talking about jordan peele in particular because us was again was a number one movie so a lot of people went to see this movie and that and that's great my thing is just for if if it doesn't work out then don't just go crying racism so anyway that yeah that's all i really had on that and so all right let's get on this um whole car to be thing but before we do that 
Uh, let's hear a word from Politichicks. Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat. Also, contributor at Politichicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism. With over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Politics and other stuff, maybe. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. Oh, yeah, this is like the perfect song to play for this. <laughs> Glad I already had this in my library. In my library. <laughs> uh, to, to play. But, um... So, yeah. Some video, I guess, or something has come out with Cardi B. If you don't know, she's a rapper. <laughs> she, um... Yeah. That's all I got to say. Cardi B, Google. You'll find her. And... There's some video came out where she was saying that she drugged, you know, some guys and robbed them and whatnot. You know, she was offering sex to them and they um, agreed. And so they went to the hotel and they, you know, did what they did and whatever. And all of a sudden, my question is like, where's the equality now? Where's me too? Where are they now? Because I, um, these are the same people. This is the same sort of situation that happened with Bill Cosby. And so, and that was decades ago. What happened with Carter? We're talking about at least in the past 10 years. So, but um, it's like crickets now with me, with the whole me too. Like where, where's the equality? Where, you know, I thought we was striving for, for you know this whole equality towards men and women you know what a man can do a woman can do too and they should be there and be together and in equality but no 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 because there are people all over what black especially in the black community black women and all that i mean they are Using every excuse in the book to try to justify what she what she did, using well, you know she was just trying to survive and whatnot, and then it also if you bring up Bill Cosby, they're like, well, he was in a position of power, so that's different or whatnot. First off, well, if you're using the whole well, she's trying to survive, she's trying to just you know do what she kind of. And do what she can. She got to do what she got to do. She's trying to make it in these streets. Or what? Blah blah blah. That's the same sort of twisted, stupid logic that you hear about drug dealers and all other criminals that get caught doing whatever crime they're doing. And you know the cliche, whatever. It's it's uh, like I say, it's a cliche, but whatever. If you do the crime, you do the time. And so. The whole you can yeah you can spare me with your whole survival uh, spiel. Now you talk about as far as the power. Well, obviously Cardi had some sort of power because she had something they wanted, 
which was, you know, sex with her. And she used that against them to rob these fools. <laughs> so, um, so she had some sort of power. Now talking about power kind of, you know, it kind of goes back to this same bull that you hear about racism where unfortunately, but yet successfully the, the left has really been, um, been great in adding the whole power as, uh, aspect to racism. And by doing that, they have absolved people of color well, you know, to basically not feel guilty for their hatred. And it's been to use, to put the, the power aspect, and like I said, wrongly. And now if someone is abhorrent to white people or, or whoever the majority is, they can just be as, you know, as evil as they want to, or think is what they want and do what they want and be absolved because, well, they have no power. Well, power, no power wrong is wrong. And <clears throat> there shouldn't be any, there should be any, um, debate on that really, because put it this way. If you didn't like what was done to you, why do you feel justified to do the exact same thing back to them? Unless the objective is to get back at the man or payback or revenge or retribution or whatever like that, which I feel like a lot of these movements kind of like black lives matter or take your pick NAACP or whatever. I feel like all these movements, especially nowadays are more fueled by hate and retribution and, revenge and retribution it's it's more fueled by that it definitely doesn't seem like any sort of uh sense of um, reconciliation or forgiveness or grace or anything like that i feel none of that is there it's just all this vitriol that is um that's feel like that's coming out of these movements but you know we in the black community love to you know demonize american history and <laughs> And white people in general hear it all the time. I mean, yeah, you'll be surprised how much black people, you know, dog white people amongst themselves. <laughs> but um, but we, we we do that to make it seem like we're like we would do so much better if if the roles were reversed. And that's not the case. It would be the exact same thing if we were the minority, because whether you want to believe it or not, we are all born with sinful hearts we're all born evil let's just go and put it that way i mean none of us are righteous no not one go to romans 310 and other bible verses to understand that but regardless of skin color you know people in power you're gonna have abuse of that power that's that's one reason kind of going back about being a, a conservative. That's one reason why I am for limited government. I'm a strong advocate for decentralized, you know, government because 
by having a limited government that restricts. Now, I can't say it's not going to totally do away with the abuse of power, but it makes it a whole lot. I mean, a whole lot less um, of a, um, I guess, and I'm trying to think of the word, I guess, as far as it, it what well, the, the, the decentralized part of that, where it makes as far as power not being so great, let's put it that way. And so the inevitable abuse of power is lessened by having a, you know, a limited government or decentralized government. Now I had a lot, I had a better way of phrasing that in my head, <laughs> but kind of came out convoluted anyway, but, but yeah, that kind of goes back to what I mentioned in the beginning that all these things that happened, whether it's Jesse, uh, whether it's, uh, with Jordan, Jordan Peele or Carter B, all these kind of brought up issues that made me think back as far as why I became a conservative. And it was, it was these sort of, um, you know, examples, like I said, the Jesse Smollett reminded me of OJ and, um, with Jordan Peele where, um, kind of, you know, the double standard where he could, and also with Carter B as well, that the whole double standard of, um, whether if he would have said what he said about not having white people in the league, like if a white man said that they'll, you know, it'll be an uproar. We were talking about something else, same thing with Carter B. But as far as, you know, if Bill Cosby, you know, he did what he did and rightfully so he got, he got what he got. But now I feel like the same thing should be happening to Carter B, but I don't see that going to happen. So, yeah. So, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. All these things kind of made me reiterate as far as being a black conservative and being a conservative in general. So that's it for that. Let's uh, get to our interviews from the launch of being Benito. But before we get into that, let's hear one last word from the founder project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hey everyone, this is Amy Robbins with Alexa Athletica, and you're listening to Trend Chat. This is Trend Chat. All right, so you know um, when I first started um, with these interviews, I didn't even know I was going to do interviews actually, but um, uh, but we was able to talk with uh, Michelle Gabor with the um, with Bienvenido and also with the conservative Latina and the conservative Latino. So we're gonna play those back to back right now. Without further ado, here we go. 
We are very pleased to have Michelle Gabor with us. She is the coordinating director of Bienvenido. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. How about you, Brian? Doing all right. Now, I, now, did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Thank you so much for that introduction. So, we're here at the launch of Bienvenido. I'm going to just keep saying that so I can make sure I can get it right. So, um, And first, I guess, tell us about the, about the group. Well, Bienvenido is a group, well, a movement more, more so, more so um, of trying to reach the Hispanic community. Our number one goal is Hispanic outreach and trying to let Latinos and Hispanics know that they are conservative. Um, that is our number one goal. So we have different means to that end. Um, but today was our launch, and we had it here at the Intercontinental Hotel. They were very gracious to open up their doors, and um, we did it in the style of a panel discussion. Uh, we had a couple of influencers come in. Congressman Dan Crenshaw and a couple of others. So, being the coordinating director, that means you were played a very big part as far as, as, far as putting this all together. So, what did, what did it take putting this together? Um, it took a lot of heart, <laughs> of course, and um, coordinating with everybody else on the team. Um, we, we're like a family, so we definitely believe in teamwork. Um, part of coordinating the event, you know, just made sure to um, the lineup, the agenda, the speakers that were going to be here, we all worked on that together. Um, it was me getting here in the morning, making sure that the room was set up, that the optics were good. Um, you know, we really wanted to do a tribute to the Hispanic community, so we thought it would be special to have all the uh, folk dancers to come in and have the traditional Hispanic foods like aguas frescas, which we focused on horchata because we love horchata, and we had some pan dulces. So um, it was really about you know the Hispanic community is very vibrant and it's very fun. So we try to incorporate that into our event today. I noticed, like you mentioned, you had a panel discussion and also had Representative Crenshaw come, um, come by and said a couple words as well. Now, being this is the launch, so I guess moving forward, um, where, where are you looking to grow? So uh, right now we're going to have an eight-stop uh, tour across the United States. Our next stop is going to be in Washington, D.C., so we are looking for people to come um, and just advocate with us to the congressional senatorial leaders over there. Um, and then we're f hoping to go to Florida, um, Los Angeles, a couple of other places, and then eventually get focused in on the grassroots and really have a program that we can go out um, and speak to voters one-on-one -on -one and talk to them about how important it is to be a conservative. Speaking of being conservative, I guess, personally, what got you involved as far as um, in, in politics in general, I guess? Um, I've always really had a heart for politics. My dad always told me to do something more than for just yourself, so don't have just a menial job. Have something that impacts the world. Um, my grandma opened up one of the first schools for the blind in Juarez, um, and I worked for Senator Brian Hughes back home. Um, then I started working for Governor Greg Abbott. I worked for him for um, the last couple of years, so that really um, kind of ignited my passion for politics. Um, so that's how kind of how I got involved in um, Bienvenido, you know, is something that's always been close to my heart, something that I've always felt passionate about. Uh, my cousin was murdered by the cartel in Juarez, and so, um, you know, that just kind of got me thinking about open borders and what they truly mean, and um, just about the things that we advocate for um, in the Republican Party or the Conservative Party, and um, it really got me to thinking that policy is important, not only policy, but interacting with other humans and talking to them about the issues that matter. And, um, well, I guess, I guess another question, um, as far as I guess in starting being Benito, as far as being involved in it itself, well, how did that get, come about? 
Um, so Abraham Enriquez, he was the founder, he's the founder and the president. Him and Ana Paulina had a conversation and about Bienvenido, and I um, went to the Turning Point Conference in Arizona, the Young Latino Leadership Summit. Um, I kind of introduced myself to them there and let them know about my credentials and things I've done before and my interest to really help them. And uh, one thing led to another, and here I am in Houston coordinating the event for them. So, Okay. I guess, well, one, where can everyone across social media want to find Bienvenido and also anywhere else? Yes, so our website is bienvenido.us. We're on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Um, and so just reach out to us throughout any of those mediums. You know, Abraham Enriquez, Ana Paulina, myself, Michelle Gamboa, Katie Blankenberger, and Jill Pacheco. And we would definitely love to get in touch with you guys. If not, you know, make sure to contact your local GOP and talk to them about involvement. Okay, and one last thing, you know, I don't say this enough, and I should, especially among people that I know from social media, it's just one thing, I'm just proud to to see friends that are doing things just like this and are, you know, being able to be be involved and actually are just doing something and and trying to make a difference. And I just want to say, you know, thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you, friend. I love running into you at state convention and at precinct chair meetings. And I feel like I see you all over the state everywhere randomly. So I'm definitely so happy to know you and um, have this friendship that I do with you. And I'm more thankful that you have such a passion and a drive to ensure that you're, you know, not only recording these conversations with people, but making sure you're broadcasting them so others know about the importance of uh, getting involved. So I thank you for that. Well, you know, like, share, subscribe. Hello, this is Trend Chat, and we are very pleased to have the conservative Latino and the conservative Latina with us. How are you both doing? We are doing awesome. We're doing really good. This was a good turnout here. So we are here at Bienvenido. Now, I keep saying that. Am I saying that right? Bienvenidos. (laughs) It was good enough for me. It's it's pretty good. Okay, See, I'm trying. I know I mentioned that I, I'm actually um, taking um, a Duolingo on the app, That's trying to app. learn a little bit of Spanish. So, so I, all I know is um, more poco español. So, as long as you're trying, that's what matters. All right. So, um, y- y'all were part of a panel discussion, and I guess for the people that weren't there, tell us what it was about. Well, uh, the panel discussion was about bringing influencers, uh, uh, young Hispanic uh, conservative influencers uh, that have a a good bit of following, a good platform on social media, and talk about you know why they are Hispanic and why, why they're Hispanic conservatives, and you know breaking that this narrative that uh, created by the left that we don't exist, and hopefully you know guiding more. Uh, Hispanics, not mostly, not to have them vote Republican, but to see how the Democratic Party has deceived them for a very long time. Yeah, I think um, so. On the panel, we were talking a little bit about you know like our views, how we became conservatives, how we kind of started thinking ourselves. Hey, wait a minute, you know, like uh, Latinos are traditionally conservative, you know, and and the reason for that is you know we're we're pro small government because a lot of us or our, our families or our parents fled these large government countries like Venezuela, Cuba, Mexico, Honduras, you know, all these places that have larger government. And, you know, we could sell that message. We can sell, hey, wait a minute, we just fled socialism or communism. Why are we now voting for these very things out here? And so the message is, you know, basically you have these second generation, first generation Americans born that aren't having this conversation with their parents about um, 
where they came from and why they fled. And if we sit down and we talk to our parents or our grandparents that fled these these uh, countries, we have a better understanding that hey, we connect more on the conservative side than we do with the liberals or the Democrats. You know. So, going off of what you what you just said, I guess I'll ask both of you as far as I guess you said your journey as far as becoming a conservative. I mean, I'm not going to assume that you weren't raised conservative because hey, some are, some aren't. So, I guess let me ask how both how, how was your journey. Well, I never gave myself the label of being a conservative until uh, Trump became president. And I started seeing, I'm like, wow, yeah, I started seeing how, you know, the, the, the left was. And I, I looked at them and they didn't hold any of the values that I grew up with. One of them being like, you know, Anthony said, you know, we are known to be hard workers. Hispanics are known to be hardworking individuals and that don't believe in handouts. We are taught that, you know, that through hard work and personal responsibility, you can achieve anything in life. You know, that's how, that's what we were taught. And a lot of us are raised in Christian households. Uh, something that I said in the panel is um, w about over 70% of Hispanic Americans identify themselves as Christians. We have strong Christian beliefs. And of course, the le that's not something that the left strongly advocates for. Um, what, but when it comes to the Democratic Party, uh, when the, the left, you know, they have sold us on the issue of, of immigration, of coming up with a solution on immigration, all types of immigration, whether legal, you know, whether it's uh, illegal or, or, or not, because they know that the Hispanic community has strong they have strong ties to immigration. So they want us to become uh, single-issue voters. So that's what they're trying to sell us on. But the reality is Hispanics, Hispanic Americans, again, even though they don't give themselves that uh, label, uh, the, the left that doesn't give themselves that label um, as conservative, they certainly hold many conservative values. They just choose to not carry that label for some reason. Yeah, I think uh, what Emma said, I, I t she basically touched on everything that I would say and argue is that, you know, growing up as Latinos, especially in Los Angeles for myself, you know, I grew up in a predominantly, you know, African-American and Latino community. And, you know, we were brothers out there. Like, we, we took care of each other. You know, we cared for each other. Like, we, we had each other's backs, you know. And for us, we weren't, like, growing up, we didn't really care about politics at all. You know, we were like, man, that, that stuff's for, like, white people, you know, or, like, they has nothing to do with us they ain't there that person's not here for me you know this is not and so for me like as I was growing up I think the shift came when Obama came into office because that is someone that just based off his skin color I was like this guy represents me you know because finally we don't have a rich white guy in office now we have you know like a brother you know we have someone that I can relate to because just because I assumed that because he was African-American that that makes him more relatable to me. But then as his policies came out, I was like, hey, like this actually has, I don't really like these policies. And a lot of people don't know this, but in the, in the Latino community, a lot of Latinos didn't like Obama. And the reason for it was because under his administration, um, the most illegal undocumented people got deported under him and his administration than any other sitting U.S. president. So there were a lot of rallies, and he had a nickname that the Hispanic community gave him that was a deporter-in-chief. And those were never televised, you know, because they had a sale that, hey, this guy's for us because he looks like us, you know. And um, as long as he can remain in power, then that, that's all that really matters, you know. So I could see that power shift kind of 
shift differently in 2016. I think once Obama got elected, you know, like I got more involved politically and I was like, okay, I need to start paying attention to really what's going on out here. And then when Trump came in 2016, you know, I wasn't really about him at first because I was buying the whole he's a racist and he's done nothing for the community. And then I, what really turned me and when I finally started uh, telling myself that, OK, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, was 2016 when I, you know, I did a speech on him in school about all the great things that he's done for the community. You know, receiving multiple awards for helping the inner city uh, black community and Latino community, employing thousands of, the, of people that supposedly he hates and wants to and, and, and wants to suppress or oppress. You know, so 2016 was really like I think for a lot of people, like a wake-up year to be like, whether you hate him or you love the guy or you, you were kind of on the fence about him still, it's definitely a wake-up to be like, I need to get more involved in politics because my values are not being represented by the people that supposedly represent me, and I need to get more involved. Um, I think the last question in the panel was just saying uh, I guess what is your message to, his, to the Hispanic community, basically. Mm-hmm. And so now, again, for the people that, didn't, that weren't there, what, what, uh, what was your message? My message to the Hispanic community was basically we need to really wake up. We need to understand that, especially right now, the left does not represent our values. Like Emma said, 70% of Hispanics are Christian. I don't know any Christian that's pro-abortion. I don't know any Christian that's, you know, pro-open borders and, and, and all these things. It, there's a difference between being a Christian and helping people out, and there's a difference between just complete negligence of having the government take away from you higher taxes to, to kind of have them take care of these people and these issues. Um, you know, in, in my Bible, in the Bible that I read, Jesus tells us to take action on ourselves. It never said anything about elect officials to represent you. If you want to make a difference, you got to be the difference. And so that's why we're here. We're, we're standing up for these values that, hey, we can accomplish immigration reform. We can accomplish strong border security. We can accomplish health care for all. But it needs to be not at the hands of the government but on the hands of free markets and, and pushing ideas. And I think this is something that conservatives don't really tackle enough is I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said it, you know, we have a plan, Republicans don't. So until the Republicans have a counter for us, we're kind of in charge. And I think she's crazy in saying that she's in charge. Government is never in charge. You know, they're, they're regulated by us. We keep them in check. But I think she does bring a point that conservatives need to unite and we need to propose solutions for all the things that matter to us. Because I'm sure for you, Medicare is a problem. I'm sure for you, Medicare is a problem. You know, it's things that we always do think about. And there is a solution to it that doesn't necessarily mean complete government control. You know, so my message to the Hispanic community is we can, we can do this together. We need to unite. As Christians, as, as Latinos, as American citizens, we need to unite, take away that control from the government, and we need to be able to come up with solutions by ourselves. Because you can do everything from your phone now. If you, want, if you want to help someone, go to GoFundMe and donate directly to them. Why have the government take your money and donate it to 12, 13, 14, 15 different countries that you could just be donating straight to that person? So that's kind of what we're here for. We're here to change that narrative that the government's here to take care of us because they're not. They're here to just continue to divide us and not have our best interests at heart. I think, you know, some, you covered a, a lot of uh, crucial points, uh, Anthony. You know, one thing that 
the difference between a conservative and a liberal. You know, conservatives want you to be free and independent and escape big government. The thing with the left is they want the government to run everything. And that's a big problem because what that does is it creates d- dependency. You know, it doesn't, it takes away from an individual's potential. You know, someone just becomes completely dependent on the government. And what happens when the government is taken away? They don't know how to be independent. They don't know how to be self-reliant. So we need more programs that helps help individuals be more self-reliant. We don't need the government to be involved. You know, we don't want big government. That's that's a big thing with conservatives is we do not want big government. We want individuals to be, you know, break away from, uh, you know, so much government. And a lot of us escaped uh, socialist countries, like Anthony said, you know, and the thing with socialist countries is that, you know, it's it's got complete government control. And we have seen that that doesn't work. We have seen the results of what happens in these socialist countries. Why would we want that here in America? You know, no one in America right now is trying to escape capitalism, you know, and that says a lot. That says a lot. If anything, you know, more a lot of people from socialist countries are trying to come to America. They are risking their lives to come to America. And we need to ask ourselves why. Why are they doing that? Why? Are, obviously, something that we're doing here works that they're not doing in their country. So my message to Hispanic uh, conservatives that are, you know, still out there, still in hiding is, you know, it's it's a fight between good and evil at this at this point. It's a fight between good and evil. And you just have to, you know, let yourself be heard, you know, own up to your voice. When you own up to your voice, you have power. You have you are in control. Don't let someone use your identity, you know, uh, against you. Don't let someone sell you your identity. You know who you are. You can be a proud Hispanic, and you can be a proud American. So, well, the fact that you were part of this panel, and one part of it being being social media influencers, so let's get to the very important part. How can people reach you on social media? I just go uh, on Instagram, conservative underscore Latina 45, and on Facebook, just type in the conservative Latina, and I have also a backup page that says the conservative Latina too, and uh, you'll you'll see me there. <laughs> uh, for me, it's pretty easy. You can just type in the conservative dot Latino, um, and if you just type in conservative Latino, I'll be like the first person that, t- that shows up really on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and then that's where you can find us. All right, thanks so much for your time. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home live cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. 
Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.